There are no accidents. Hello and welcome to There Are No Accidents, the Kung Fu Panda podcast. I'm Toby Meek. So hello and welcome to episode one of There Are No Accidents. This is the first episode where we're actually going to take a section of the film, have a look at it, analyse it, talk about it, and just have a bit of fun talking about Kung Fu Panda. Now, I thought for quite a while about what scene I was going to start with, or what section I was going to start with, to kick the podcast off, because I didn't want to start with a scene that was particularly difficult, or had, you know, something like Uguay scenes um, often have a lot to talk about, and I wanted to do those justice. But equally, I didn't want to start with sort of a less interesting section, because, you know, that wouldn't exactly help us gain listeners. So I thought a good place to start would actually be where the whole franchise itself started, and that is the opening scene of the first film. The legendary warrior scene, the opening scene, Poe's dream, whatever you want to call it, it's that brilliant 2D animated sequence at the start of the first film. So why did I want to take on this scene to begin with? Well, there's so much to talk about that I thought it'd be a really good place to start because it would be easy to find the information about the scene. But also, it has so many elements that make Kung Fu Panda amazing that it's a really good place to start um, and to get people interested in what we're talking about on this podcast because it has an incredible piece of music, Hero, the opening piece in the soundtrack, is an amazing piece of music and introduces some of the themes that we'll see later in the film and we'll talk about that later. It also is surprisingly linked into the story being so early in the film. It has a lot of foreshadowing elements in that we'll talk about later. And its art style really represents what Kung Fu Panda is about, using that sort of mix of Western and traditional Chinese art that we will also talk about later. So, enough with this silly intro, let's get into the opening scene of Kung Fu Panda. Enough talk! Let's fight. So I've decided to start um, with the art style because that is one of the most striking things about this scene. The art is not the 3D CGI animated sort of style that we see for most of the film, but instead is a 2D animated style that lots of people think looks very similar to anime. The style is actually inspired by traditional Chinese art, which is something that I find really interesting about the film. Most films, when you're sort of trying to set the look of the film, concept artists who work in Hollywood and all that kind of stuff, they start drawing the concept art and what the film's going to look like and all that kind of stuff. But they're always out of Hollywood. But the directors and the producers of Kung Fu Panda thought that that wasn't really fitting. So instead, they took a trip to China and all of the concept art, or at least a lot of it, is actually done by traditional Chinese artists who practice the sort of traditional Chinese art. And that helps with the film's unique look, because that's one of the things. Kung Fu Panda has a really unique look, and it really does sort of stay faithful to the original Chinese artwork that a lot of it is based on. And I think this scene is really good because, though it does have that elements of the sort of traditional-looking Chinese uh, Chinese artwork, it is not 
all the way, you know, it's not full on um, Chinese shadow puppets like you would see in the opening of Kung Fu Panda 2. I think it also sets the scene with how the film is going to look in terms of its using animation as an advantage rather than sort of the technology holding it back. If you look at a Pixar film that came out in a sort of similar time to Kung Fu Panda, something like Ratatouille or Up, yes, they're very stylized and yes, they look amazing in lots of parts of it. But I feel like they're always trying to look more realistic, trying to just sort of strive for looking like real life. But Kung Fu Panda really takes the sort of animated style and uses it to its advantage. Because that's the thing. During lots of Kung Fu Panda scenes, they have incredible colours and often they have incredible compositions and they use that to their advantage, especially in the third film. Some of the shots in the spirit realm and with Kai, they're all amazing, but they don't sort of try to look realistic. They use those sort of elements of 2D, 3D and that sort of animation fundamentals. And that's another thing that they use in Kung Fu Panda 2, in that sort of montage where Shen is building up the cannons, there's that mix of 2D and 3D that Kung Fu Panda uses to its advantage, and that isn't really seen a lot in the animated film world. And that sort of starts here in this opening scene. It's that 2D animated sort of style, but then perfectly with that sort of bounce on the floor shifts into real life in the film and it shifts into that CGI 3D and it really sets the sort of tone of the film that you are going to see 2D animation alongside 3D animation. Now a lot of people think that this sort of part of the film is based on anime, this opening scene is sort of an anime looking thing but actually supposedly it is based on Chinese shadow puppets. Now obviously it can't be to the same extent as the start of the second film, where that actually looks like it could be shadow puppets. But I think that really fits in with the tone of the film. This, the first film, is a lot more playful, is a lot more action-packed, and I think the art style of this opening scene sort of reflects that. Whereas in the second film, where we learn a lot more about Poe and Poe's family, Poe's backstory, and it, sort of the whole film overall is a little bit darker and is a little bit more serious, it has that more traditional look, that less playful look. And I think that's really fitting with the tone, and that's something Kung Fu Panda uses a lot. It uses its visual imagery to sort of set the tone for a scene, um, which I think it does really, really well. Another way that it uses sort of the visual imagery to set the tone is through the colour theory. Now, I'm intending on making a whole separate podcast episode about the colour theory in Kung Fu Panda because, I mean, from the looks of it and doing research online, it is one of the best examples of colour theory. And the sort of colours are set out in this scene and this is where you first see some of the major colours. Because in Kung Fu Panda, uh, supposedly red, I mean, this is the words of colour theorists, not mine. Red is symbolising power which is sort of contrary to the standard sort of Western colour theory, where red is often actually an evil colour. In Kung Fu Panda series, blue is the colour of sort of evil and of bad. But in Kung Fu Panda, red is the symbol of power. Now, obviously, 
a lot of the time, especially in number two, power is sort of also used uh, with the villain, Shen. But in this scene, it shows that Poe is, in fact, using, is sort of backlit by Red a lot of the time because it's showing his power in this scene, um, defeating all of these sort of warriors and foes without much effort, which shows his power. The other colour that is also prominent in this uh, part of the film, in this scene, is gold, which is all to represent heroism and sort of saving people from the evil. And that is sort of especially prominent, you know, and you can really, really see the lines when it is just the legendary warrior in this scene. So kicking and punching for no apparent reason, you often see the red. But instead, when he is actually doing it for a purpose, he's saving the people inside that tavern. That's one of the best things is when um, that sort of bull, I don't <laughs> don't really know what creature it is. But when he says, oh, why don't you chew on my fist? What he's actually, when Poe retaliates and saving the other, <laughs> the other members of the tavern, that is when the gold is shown because he's actually saving someone instead of it just being sort of a display of his power. So that's the artwork behind the opening sequence, and I mean, it does have absolutely incredible artwork. But that is not the only part of this sequence that is amazing. And one of the sort of amazing things about this sequence is, despite it being so early in the film, it is not just sort of a sh the animators flexing their artistic muscles. It does actually link into the story w very well and links with many of the themes, but also has some very obvious foreshadowing in it. So obviously, it does a really good job of setting the tone of the whole film. It is very sort of action-packed, it is very playful, and that is very much the case of the first film. It is, I'd say, it's probably the most kids' movie-esque of all of the films, because it is more you know, kung fu focused, whereas some of the other films, you know, there's a popular theory that the first film is all to do with body, the second to do with mind, and the third to do with soul. And I think that really shows the first film is a lot more focused on the kung fu, the visuals, the battling, the fighting. And that is what shows in this opening sequence. It is a really impressive sort of fighting scene. It's really impressive visuals because of its sort of 2D animation style. It's a little bit more sort of exaggerated than some of the CGI bits. So it does a really good job of setting the tone for the whole film, which contrasts to something like the shadow puppet scene in the start of the second film. You know, that is a lot more toned back and sort of sets the scene for this more serious, darker version of Kung Fu Panda. And another thing that the Kung Fu Panda franchise does really well and well, really, I've only other the only other franchise I've seen it done sort of really well is the Harry Potter franchise, and that is the second watch effect. This is when there's sort of details are added in sort of the early films that you don't really notice the first time you see it, but once you've seen it and you've watched the other films and you go back to it, you notice things that are in the other films that you think, well, how did they know so early that's what they were going to do and link back to it? Obviously, that's not always the case. Sometimes they change parts of the later film to link back to the earlier films. But even so, I think it's, 
It's a really difficult thing to do well, and Kung Fu Panda does it. A lot of you may know this, but most of the whole of this opening sequence is in fact foreshadowing the second film. And there's a lot of links between this scene and the second film, but it is in fact forecasting and foreshadowing the events. And you may miss it at first. You may think, sort of, oh, it's just a extravagant animated sequence. But if you look closer, there are a lot of links to especially the early parts of the second film. Some of them are more obvious than others. And one of the sort of really striking pieces is the battle that the legendary warrior in this opening scene has with um, the other sort of fighters and foes compared to the battle or fight in the musician's village in the second film because some of the shots are actually identical literally identical the most obvious one is the sort of kicking shot where you jump into a sort of first person view of Poe as he's kicking all of these enemies one by one very very quickly and that is literally shot for shot the same in this opening sequence as it is in the battle uh, in the musician's village but also there are sort of other shots one of the other shots is Going into the musician's village, there's one of those um, slow-mo shots of Poe with the Furious Five doing this sort of great leap. And that is actually, again, completely mirrored in the opening sequence, which is a really sort of testament to the attention to detail that this film has. To go back to the opening sequence and to mirror some choreography, not just sort of closely, almost exactly um, shows the attention to detail, and I think that's one of the things that few franchises do well, and this, this sort of second watch effect. You would have no idea watching it first time, but if you go back and watch it second or third time, you start to notice these little details, and these little details really link the three films together and make it feel like a sort of whole cohesive story. And as well as being just such good attention to detail, there is a purpose be- behind this foreshadowing and this linking of all the films together and that is to support one of the overriding themes throughout Kung Fu Panda which is destiny. In this first dream Poe is dreaming about this awesome warrior and we sort of see that it is something that he will almost never be able to achieve. It's this sort of out outlandish dream that many of us have that are unlikely we are unlikely to get to. But in fact, as we know, he does. And really, he is just looking at himself in the future. Now, how this links to destiny is that it was no coincidence that Poe became the Dragon Warrior. It was no accident, and that supports the name of this podcast. In fact, all along, right from the first minute of the film, Poe's destiny was to become the Dragon Warrior. And this supports... Uguay's sort of mentality throughout, that there are no accidents. It was not a coincidence that Poe happened to fling himself from that tree. It was, from the very beginning of the film, going to happen. He was going to become the Dragon Warrior. So, we've heard a lot so far that this dream sequence links to the overarching theme of destiny, it has incredible artwork, it sets the tone for the film, but there's also a lot more to talk about. I told you it was a really rich scene. 
And one of the things I think it does really well is that this sequence shows the stage at Poe that Poe is at at the beginning of the film and shows how he develops as a kung fu warrior. The dream starts with him talking about this legendary warrior that was so legendary that he travelled sort of China and the world to find foes that are worthy of fighting him. But this is where Poe is initially wrong. And this is where we see Poe before he's had any teaching. That he thinks Kung Fu is just this sort of awesome skill for defeating bad guys and all that kind of stuff. But we later learn that Kung Fu was started and created by Uguay simply to defend the sort of innocent. It was never a means of attacking or a means of gaining power. It was just to defend what was right. And that is something we don't see because, of course, yes, the legendary warrior is defending the people of the tavern, the bunnies, but Poe talks about him trying to find a worthy foe and it does not really align with the fundamentals of Kung Fu. And I don't think Poe truly understands that until he finds Inner Peace sort of halfway through the second film. Because most of the choreography in this scene is also used in the fight for the musician's village in the second film. And I think that shows perfectly that at that stage Poe still hadn't developed enough to truly understand what Kung Fu was. And I think that's a really good metaphor that they managed to use there. Not only in that film, uh, that battle at the musician's village were they linking back to the first sequence for the sort of second watch effect and for the sort of destiny kind of uh, overarching theme. They were also going back to show that Poe was in a similar state to how he was at the start of the film in terms of his mentality towards Kung Fu. He hadn't quite realised yet that it was only this sort of self-defence kind of mechanism. And it was not until he finds inner peace in the second film that he realises that. And I think that is why you don't get one of these sort of opening sequences in the third film. Because he has overcome that um, believing that this is just Kung Fu is all about fighting bad guys, doing these awesome stunts. It is instead about um, defending what is right. Now, the final part of this sequence I want to talk about is the music. Hero, which is the opening track on the Kung Fu Panda soundtrack, is one of my favourites of the film. It is an incredible piece of music, and that's ultimately why I decided to pick it as the outro music to this podcast. And just as with every other part we've talked about so far... It is really good at setting the tone and setting the scene for how the music is going to be throughout the film. And it does this in very obvious ways, like it opens with Uguay's theme or Uguay's sort of leitmotif, which is used so much throughout the film. Uguay's theme is sort of always used as a representation of um Uguay's values and the values of Kung Fu which I think is why it's used at the beginning in conjunction with the legendary warrior um being backlit by gold the sort of gold and Uguay's theme are very much linked in their meanings uh in the music and in the artwork respectively but not only does it introduce Uguay's theme which becomes it is 
almost the theme for Kung Fu Panda. It, if you can play that motif to anyone, that if they have seen one of the films relatively recently, they will instantly recognise that as being Kung Fu Panda. I mean, that's the thing. I played Hero to uh, some of my friends relatively recently who hadn't seen Kung Fu Panda for many a year before that time. And they knew straight away, wait, wait, isn't this Kung Fu Panda? Because they heard that initial Uguay's motif. And I think it's really good that they managed to get that in in the first track in the soundtrack. But not only does this introduce Uguay's theme, it also introduces the idea throughout this soundtrack, and I think this is the most important feature of the soundtrack, the way that Hans Zimmer and John Powell link together the traditional Chinese muse, uh, musical instruments and a traditional Western orchestra to create one of the most amazing sounding soundtracks I think you will ever hear. And we hear this spectacularly in Hero. You start with Uguay's theme being played on a traditional Chinese, I think it's either a flute or uh, some kind of stringed instrument. Um, I'm not too well versed with my Chinese musical instruments. But it starts with that, played really, really softly. And then when the action starts, it pounds into that sort of really full sounding orchestra, which helps create that really sort of full and energetic and exciting sound. I think if he had left it with sort of only using more traditional instruments, you might not have got those incredible moments in the soundtrack where you just can't help but smile. It is so powerful, so energetic, and just sort of fits so well because it's what the listeners are used to. It's that traditional Western orchestra. But by also adding in those traditional Chinese instruments, it really does help set the scene. It helps show that it is different compared to other films that were coming out at the time. It is a film set in ancient China and it does want to respect that in the same way that it respected the artwork by choosing to have concept art done by people who actually practice Chinese art styles. So there we are, that was the first episode of There Are No Accidents, looking at the opening scene. The opening scene is one of the best scenes to talk about with Kung Fu Panda, especially to someone new to the whole franchise, because it perfectly sort of represents everything that is great about Kung Fu Panda. It has the sort of unique motifs and the unique things that you only find in Kung Fu Panda, and you can explain those in a scene that only lasts a couple of minutes. And so it's one of my favourites to talk about, and that's why I decided to go for it first. Though, being the first podcast, looking back at this in a number of months or years' time, I'll probably look back at this episode and cringe. So whether I make another episode going back at this way into the future, I don't know. But I hope you enjoyed this first look. Obviously, there are some bugs that we're going to need to iron out, so if you have any sort of comments or criticisms please get in touch and you can get in touch on our website that is there are no co or hit us up on instagram at no accidents podcast these are also places where you can listen to the podcast and find all updates and information about it so i hope you enjoyed this podcast please consider following it on whatever podcast service you're using check out our website and our instagram 
So thank you for listening to episode one, where we've looked at the opening scene of Kung Fu Panda. I've been your host, Toby Meek, and this has been There Are No Accidents, the Kung Fu Panda podcast. Yeah.